This is Channel 253 Sports. In 2004, 30 years after the birth of the Seattle Sounders, a crack podcasting unit was sent to prison by a federal court for a crime they didn't commit. These men and women promptly, well, eventually, escaped from a minimum security luxury prison camp to the Tacoma Underground. Today, still wanted by the Timbers Army for dropping trial in front of Jeldwin, they survive as supporters of fortune. If you need a hot take, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Flounders B Team. Greetings, greetings. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Nerd Farmer Podcast. And hey everybody, this is Steve with the Flounders B-Team Podcast, and we are also in studio, or en suite, avec Monsieur... All right, oh, Andrew Hammond, uh, fellow host, (laughs) I failed French, uh, host of the uh, Flounders B-Team Podcast, and we are at Cheney Stadium for... Kind of an important announcement. Kind of a big deal today, isn't it, Nate? Yeah, so what we're going to do today is this is going to be an episode that's going to go out in both feeds. And so this is a Nerd Farmer episode and a Flounders B-Team episode. Uh, and we're going to talk about the sale of our local soccer team, Rain FC, to Olympic Lyon. Lyonnais. You are not going to do French corrections this episode. But it's I'll, not Lyon. I'll, I'll punch you in the <laughs> <laughs> Olympic Lyonnais. I will punch you. Uh, it sounds like... Uh, nope. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of run through, uh, one, how we got here, yes, and then kind mm-hmm. of what we learned today. So how did we get here, Nathan? Uh, so Rain FC, you may recall uh, an episode last year. On Nerd Farmer. Yeah. Rain FC moved to Tacoma and started playing at Cheney Stadium. Uh, and they renamed the team uh, Rain FC from the Seattle Rain. And one of the things that happened was, was they went into an operating agreement with the... Uh, Tacoma Rainiers. We are Tacoma. Yep. Yep. And uh, the Seattle Sounders majority owner, Adrian Hanauer, came in as a part owner. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a very successful season down here. Uh, they finished the year with, I think, their highest attendance ever. Mm-hmm. And were drawing 7,500 folks packing out the stadium mm-hmm. post-World Cup. Yep. yep. Uh, Bill Pregmore is the majority owner of the Rainier, sorry, of, of the Rain. Currently. Currently. Or was until yesterday. Yeah. Uh, until today. And he has made a deal, negotiated a deal, uh, to sell the team to Leon, who is like the most successful women's soccer team uh, on the planet. As uh, the owner and president of the of Olympic Lyonnais uh, mentioned in the, in the press conference, most successful, most winningest... Um, uh, winningest team. Uh, in, they they send their men's team to the Champions League every single year. Yeah. Uh, so I've been thinking all day about the situation with Rain FC and kind of mm-hmm. like the path forward to success for them. And so it seemed to me, if you would ask me a year ago, that the best path forward to succeed in the Seattle market, Seattle soccer market, would to be to bring yourself in partnership with the Seattle Sounders, which they did. Mm-hmm. And the best way to succeed in their new location in Tacoma would be to partner with the uh, We Are Tacoma organization, which they did. So they basically had a situation where they had the best soccer partner in the region and the best partner for Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good find, a good situation is kind of set up. Yeah. What they've done now is, is they've gotten, uh, they've brought in basically a, a global soccer organization yeah. who has uh, deep pockets, but also like I... Like, passion. And, and passion for it. Yeah. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to take no, the words good, out of your good, mouth at all. Good, good. Uh, they do. They have a passion for it. Obviously, uh, they hosted uh, the semis and the final for the World Cup uh, this year. Yeah. Uh, some of us went to that. They, they're absolutely committed to the sport. They're committed to development. And I think uh, hearing Ola speak, just the authenticity with which he shared uh, this organization's passion for development from youth on to winning World Cups and being proud of Ballons d'Or, uh, and being just a, a, a corporate citizen in the soccer world mm. that is interested in mostly making soccer better throughout the world. I, uh, I, I think that's the, most, the, the, the best part of what I saw today. I think for listeners who aren't familiar with the world of women's soccer, yeah. uh, one equivalent would be like if this is baseball, like the Tacoma baseball team mm-hmm. was just bought by the New York Yankees right. and they're going to cooperate it. Or yep. the Tacoma football team was bought by the Dallas Cowboys. Actually, right. they suck. <laughs> the New England Patriots yeah. and they're going to help operate it. Or yep. if Tacoma had a basketball team and the, and the Lakers were like, you know what, here, here. You're you're not your farm, not a farm team, right. but we're going to invest in you. Invest, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think for if 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 you're a Tacoma sports fan, just in general, today you maybe walked in with a little trepidation, but you walked out honestly fired up. Yeah, yeah. There was some conversation and interesting kind of things that were floated and hinted at in the conversation. Uh, Predmore talked about receiving more lucrative offers. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like there was an offer on the table to move the team elsewhere, mm-hmm. uh, and they chose to remain here. And so, like, obviously, that's good for the city and good for us. And I appreciate that. I was able to ask Allah directly uh, whether Olympic Lyonnais would uh, be interested in ownership stake in the stadium that they're going to do 500 meters down the hill uh, here in Tacoma, and I thought that was uh, I thought his response was fantastic, which was, "Yeah, it's part of the deal." Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of kind of uh, speculation uh, in the community about whether this presages a move for. Uh, a move for the rain to another spot here in the South Sound or uh, or throughout the Puget Sound region or somewhere else in the country. And I think I'm, I'm very confident after today's conference that that is not going to happen in the near term. However, I was pretty concerned with, and maybe you don't want to get here yet, but I was pretty concerned with, um, with Maya's response from Sounders. And I also wanted to kind of note the absence of Mr. Adrian Hanauer from this conference today. Yeah, one thing I'll say is that it, it appears to me that the We Are Tacoma group has shifted from being mm-hmm. partners in this operating agreement to now being the landlords, landlords in the operating right. agreement. Uh, so they're no longer involved. And that Adrian Hanauer, the majority of the Sounders, is also no longer involved, like you mentioned and like was demonstrated on the stage. Mm-hmm. And that is an area for concern because like, if we're going to do this right and women's soccer is going to succeed, like we all need to be in on it. Uh, and one of the things that the rain have struggled with is the fact that like Sounders fans aren't bought in. Uh, and it's, it's a damn shame to me that we can get 72,000 people to show up to watch the Seattle Sounders play and 7,500 to show up to watch the rain here. Sorry, the rain play here. Like those numbers should be closer and equal. And so, yeah, I, I, I do have questions about that, but that's mm-hmm. for a different time, I guess. Maya, uh, also kind of, uh, and I'm cutting towards the end of the conference when, when questions were being answered, but, Maya also mentioned that the Defiance uh, are kind of in the same boat, being in a growing USL league as the Raynar, uh, being in a growing NWSL league with respect to stadium capacity. Uh, Steve Vogt next to me asked about the stadium capacity being at 5,500 on the grass 
And um, Maya did her best with a response about feasibility study uh, and uh, what they did and, and what they did for 5,500 capacity. Um, cutting over to the defiance, they're in no I, honestly, way. The, I, we don't want to talk about that well, in the show today. I, I'm just saying they don't belong in this conversation right now. Right. Like this is a conversation about the rain. No, I and, and, no and here's the thing is, is that yeah. like we. It's not the same caliber. I often hear people put the defiance and rain on equal footing. And one is a developmental soccer league with kids who could be in my class. And one has the most famous women's soccer but player in the world. But that's my point. Yes. Is Maya equated these two teams. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> and the question that I had throughout this process, and I'm honest, I'm glad I didn't ask the question in the press conference because it might have been worded completely wrong and the whole tenor of the press conference could have got really, really awkward. But <laughs> you? Awkward? No way. <laughs> no, absolutely. But what does happen? Because, you know, like we know that this feasibility study was done during the summer. We know that mm-hmm. Rain FC and maybe the Defiance head over there, but it seems like the whole We Are Tacoma situation, it was more like a it doesn't feel like a divorce in some ways, but it's like, yeah, yeah, this is happening. And who's going to talk about We Are Tacoma? And it's like, what we what what what, so what I, We Are Tacoma? I will say this: that Rainer's president, uh, Aaron Artman, was mm-hmm. in the press conference standing okay. by me the whole time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're there in the room and they're supporting the venture. Uh, like that said, it's not the same agreement we had last year, and so. Right. Uh, that's a change. But like the flip side of that is, is that if a global brand, like the global brand for women's soccer comes in and says, we want to buy your team. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You absolutely do that. You make no, the deal. It, 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 it just, it felt weird because, you know, like you said last year yeah. during this time, it was, we are Tacoma. And now you like a year ago, are we talking about this? Yeah. And like, like it's crazy. Well, so one thing I'll say is that there's, there's a lot of concern and like anxiety in the soccer community in Tacoma mm-hmm. about the team moving back to Seattle. Like if your worry is, is this going to presage a move of rain FC back to Seattle and a billion that stadium there? Died. Like I, that's, that today. I, I'm yep. fairly sure that's not, I'm willing to bet good money. That's not going to happen. Uh, if your concern is why are we building a 5,000 seat stadium uh, for a team that was drawing 7,500? That's a very valid question. Yep. Uh, but like that's not a question that was really answered today. Mm-mm. But it answer starts with ma and ends with ni, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and I don't think anybody anticipated. I I, I knew that they they okay they're going to get a solid crowd, but yeah. I don't think they anticipated the massive World Cup bump. You knew it was going to be big. Disagree the right ears. Actually, very much saw it, and yep. they and okay, yes, okay, yeah, okay. They, they, I, I, I was talking about in terms yeah. of the st- of the stadium and the feasibility yeah. study, and so yeah. I've made this point on Steve's show, and I'm going to yeah. make it again on my own show right now. Yeah, yeah. That like, if we look at so the Rainiers partner with the Seattle Mariners on baseball, right. and the Rainiers partner with the Seattle Sounders on soccer, and the Rainiers partnered in the past with Rain FC. I'm going to argue that the Rainiers are better at doing like what they do than either of those other organizations are at being what they do. I would agree with that. Right? Like yeah. the Rainiers do a better job at Rainiering than the Mariners do at Mariner. Oh, for sure. For sure. Cool. But what about Olympic, Olympic Leonay? Yeah, so, Olympic Leonaying, because yeah, that so, was that how those three hype videos. What were, cracks me up is you could, you could tell the Olympic folks because they had the wow. nice suits. The nice suit. Oh, yeah. Suit game on point. Suit game on point. Suit game was on point. Like uh, the the Gerard, like when he walked in, 
And I actually saw one of the Lyon people kind of standing outside as I was walking, you know, uh, in, into the stadium. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a nice suit. He must be, uh, he must be like a member of the media or something. And then I saw the group from OL and I was like, my God, <laughs> oh, my God, those yeah. suits, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is the finest was, French. Was anybody surprised at the, uh, at the Tony Parker bed? So let's back up with that. Cause, yeah, yeah. So talk about Tony Parker and the situation. I'm intrigued by this. I'm not sure what you heard and learned today. Um, so what I heard and learned today, I don't, you know, honestly, I don't know much about Tony Parker. Other by the than... way, I just slid into my whole teacher mode. <laughs> what did you hear and learn today? <laughs> what did you hear and learn today? Um, uh, Tony Parker uh, has a history with um, Tottenham. Is that? No. No, 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 no. He played for the San Antonio Spurs, which is why your brain, Spurs. Which is why your brain went Tottenham. Gotcha. That's Here funny. The so right. Spurs that two, actually two, win two. So championships. That basketball. Okay. The Perfect. Spurs that win championships. Those Spurs? <laughs> yeah. Those Spurs. <laughs> I hate my life. I don't recognize him from Tottenham, but you know, I guess. So yeah, longtime NBA yep, player, yep, yep. French citizen. Uh, he's he owns a soccer club back in France mm-hmm. that Lyon also works with back there. Gotcha. And so he has a women's side that he owns mm-hmm. and a men's side that he yes. owns. And so he is now a part owner. And in yep. fact, it was interesting. The ownership breakdown they kind of laid out uh, in the uh, in the uh, press conference is mm-hmm. basically uh, OL is going to have about eighty something percent of the franchise, right? Yeah. Uh, the Pred Boys are about seven percent, and then Tony Parker has a three percent share. Yeah. But yeah, no. That, so so that's why I was wondering the day to day kind of operations. How is that going to work? It seems like when I was asking Bill Predmore about. Uh, managers because he's going to have to make that decision soon. It seems like he's going to be running the day to day, and essentially, and maybe I'm saying this wrong. Ol is essentially kind of bankrolling, kind of. Uh, that so here's what I would I I see Predmore running day to day. I see Rainier's as landlord. I see uh, Ol yeah. Bankrolling operations for the team. Yeah. What I'm really excited about, though, is that OL is taking over operations of the academy. Yes. So the thing that I think impressed me the most about their presentation was they talked about their academy. Uh, so soccer academies in the U.S. are still kind of in their infancy. Like oh, we're absolutely. building these academies. Uh, but the OL uh, residency academy they have is phenomenal. And it was highlighted at least three times in the press conference that they have the exact same facilities for the young ba- young males as mm-hmm. the uh, young females. And so, like, essentially, the, you, have, you have young boys and girls who are learning the game, same facilities, uh, traveling together, uh, being fed the same food, and, yeah. and, and, like, just, like, it's parody. And right. we don't have parody here. Private right? Jets. Private Jets. Tino was really excited about private jets. By the way, just just the fact that kids in the OL Academy uh-huh. fly on private jets uh-huh. and MLS players fly commercial. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I, uh-huh. I've sat by Will Bruin on a flight once, and so there you go. So... Uh, I th- you had a point, and then I'll no, go. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think it, it's very the the thing that I got from uh, one of the key takeaways I got from today is that Olympic Lyonnais is a professional soccer organization. Yes, and the the thing that resonated with me the most is we are constantly trying to improve our brand, uh, and that involves the play on the field, that yeah. involves our citizenship, that involves how we treat our players. Uh, how we treat our men, how we treat our women, how we treat our youth academies, and everything on up. And I think that uh, that MLS and um, other 
ownership groups uh, here in the United States have a lot to learn from that attitude. I wanted to take that one step further and say Please. a point about the whole academy structure. Mm-hmm. So the Sounders operate the arguably the best youth academy mm-hmm. in Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. Uh, Rain FC have an academy, which for women's soccer is dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just having one is dope. Uh, the facilities they have are not to the level of what the Sounders have. And so young women who are playing soccer don't have the same opportunities right. here that young, mm-hmm. men, young men have. And you're talking about Starfire versus just, just wherever. Either or. Okay. OL is bringing the most effective youth academy on the planet. And you're right. going to be operating that here in the region. Yep. Uh, a stat that I really enjoyed during the uh, press conference was uh, in the big five leagues, which are England, France... Uh, Germany, yeah. Italy, and whoever else I'm missing here. Portugal. Spain, Spain, oh, Spain, 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 Spain. Yeah. Uh, OL has more academy players playing in those leagues than all but two other teams. There you go. And so, like, we're talking about basically like one of the best best academy systems in the world and the best women's soccer academy system in the world coming to the city, and that's dope, 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 dope. And to me, it's the it's that overall investment. One in women's sports. Two, it's hey, we just aren't here to bankroll the operation. We're here to make sure that this thing goes well beyond Megan Rapino. Like we want to create more Megan Rapinos. That's that's the that's the the vibe that I got because they, they clearly want to it's just not, you know, hey, we're just gonna be here for a little bit, but no, like they want to build some roots and, and especially in women's soccer, yeah. which has been pinballing around for basically the last 20 years today today feels like a i hate to, i hate putting it like this but a landmark day for women's soccer in america no that's fair that's agreed because like i mean just local because i feel like with the national teams it's fine but domestically like yeah carolina is arguably the best domestic club but for now but yeah but you don't see that much of an investment overall, but now that changes. Does this put a nail in the coffin of USL women? I think the idea of USL women was done on arrival to begin with, honestly. And I would so, agree with that. Yeah. Well, it was a USL idea, but that's another story for another day, but yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> so this is a Pop the Trunk episode. It's pretty yeah. informal. Yep, We're yep. sitting here basically in in the studio. Sorry, this is the, the, the Mauro Rosales suite here at Cheney Stadium. <laughs> um, the Eddie Johnson suite was taken. So... We're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some numbers. This is Steve Kettleson, host of the Flounders B-Team podcast, a Channel 253 podcast. Channel 253 is sponsored by our friends at Tacoma Arts Live. Did you know that Tacoma Arts Live runs one of the largest arts education programs in the state? Every year, more than 40,000 youth participate with Tacoma Arts Live through special education matinees, scholarships, productions at schools, and much more. Perhaps even as impressive as the total number of students served are the kind of youth served. In the in-school residency program, students were on average more diverse than the general population of our region. 79% were low income. 20% have special needs of some kind. 8% had experienced homelessness. Getting these kids arts education is 
vital. Whether it's the chance to bang on some drums and learn better self-discipline, like one student did, or find a new sense of belonging and self-expression, like two sisters who were living in a shelter with their mother, these are students who badly need the restorative and transformative power of the arts. Tacoma Arts Live, teaching our youth the tools that will create an enlightened, creative, and discerning citizenry ready for the challenges of the 21st century. Learn more at tacomaartslive.org education. And thank you for supporting Channel 253. Nate, I am host of the Nerd Farmer Podcast. Aham from the Flounders B Team. Before we get started again, Channel 253 uh, is the premier audio media production group here in Tacoma. Uh, we are producing all kinds of podcasts, uh, like the Nerd Farmer Podcast, like the uh, Flounders B Team. Uh, we Art Tacoma, uh, the Interchangeable White Lady Podcast. I'm going to shout out and What Say You. What Say You, the newest, so fastest. What Say You is uh, the Peace Queen uh, Melanie Cunningham and her sister and they chop it up the opening to the last episode uh, is a conversation about collard greens and they got Doug involved <laughs> and it is it is the best audio we put out on the network <laughs> absolutely and we can't do it without our members uh, you can be a member of channel 253 for only $4 a month or or is there an annual subscription too there is $50 a year $40. wait a minute $40, 40 a year because it would have to be a discount discount yeah so you get a discount, $40 per year or $4 a month. Uh, you get all of this great content. Uh, sometimes there is bonus content as well. And uh, exclusive Channel 253 events, such as Adult Civics Happy Hour. Also, uh, Channel 253 members got first crack at tickets to the Nerd Farmer Live. That is absolutely true. And you can be one of these esteemed group of people, Channel 253 members, for only $4 a month at Channel 253 dot com forward slash membership all right all right so let's talk about yeah let's the status of women's soccer right now and whether because so i'm of the belief that what we saw today is a uh, sign of what is to come in stability absolutely um so the current state of of women's soccer in north women's club soccer in north america is that us soccer is sending a whole bunch of money down to teams mm. to subsidize to subsidize and rightfully so the salaries of of women who are playing uh in these club teams in these nine nwsl teams yeah. right and i think today's announcement uh the ownership of olympic lyonnais and uh the weight and financial heft uh, that this uh, that this purchase brings to North American women's soccer does nothing but bode in- incredibly well for the f- for the perception of feasibility for uh, uh, for professional women's soccer here in the United States for one, other ownership groups. One thing I was struck by, and this is going to get a little wonky, but yep. like the press release had the sale price mm-hmm. for the share uh, that uh, that OL bought. And I am fascinated by how undervalued women's soccer is in the United States. Oh, yeah. Like, here's the thing is, is that the women who are playing in the NWSL are among some of the best women soccer players in the world. Mm-hmm. NWSL may not have the best team in the world. I think OL is the best team in the world. Maybe Arsenal like the best team in the world. But it's the best league in the world top to bottom. And so... The sale price that this team went for is kind of shocking to me, yeah. looking in contrast what's happening in, in uh, MLS. So, like, this week, uh, Charlotte bought into Major League Soccer, and their expansion fee was $300 million. That's almost a third of a, a billion. 
And I just, I, I'm really, I, I'm fascinated by, by the fact that men in this country decide to not support women's soccer when the women's soccer game is better than the men's American soccer game, both club and country. And in particular, the idea that basically you can buy a team that has Megan Rapinoe, the most famous women's soccer player in the world, for... I don't want to say the number. But for, for more than, for, for probably less than U.S. soccer made on Pinot jerseys the week after the World Cup. Yeah. And so, like, and here, what I would say, so here's the thing is, is that getting in now for OL is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no way the sales price for the sale price for this team is going to be what it is now uh, in a decade. So, okay. So I'm going to go on a mini MLS rant because you guys, you guys know my feelings about the aggressive expansion of MLS. It's a Ponzi scheme. Well, yes. Um, here's the issue that I've had with MLS. Okay, so bring that smoke. Th- they're gonna have a okay. So th- they're gonna bring in Charlotte. You're gonna bring in all these teams. My issue is they aren't even the biggest money makers in the country, and the one league that we've seen. Arguably, since what maybe 1998, 1999, that's been a roller coaster mm-hmm. is U.S. women's soccer. Mm-hmm. And today, we see the moment where that roller coaster—it's not going down; it's going up. And I think what's going to happen—it's going to start a trend, like Nate was saying. You're going to see more investment, I believe, yep. from other clubs yep. around the world because it's—it's it's not like. It's this exclusive club where you have all of the, and I'm, they, they don't have to be just all the big clubs, mm-hmm. but they can be just clubs around the world investing in women's soccer in America because clearly they see, ooh, they're doing something good over there. Let's mm-hmm. get in on it. And so now all of a sudden you see all of this starting to develop, yeah. and it's very, it, it's very exciting to see. But it's like, okay, you got all of this investment here for women's soccer, yet we're throwing money at mediocre MLS franchises and mediocre cities where we don't know if soccer is going to charge. He just calls Charlotte mediocre, and he's not wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that, but that's my thing. Like, yeah. you look at the Carolina Courage, and like we said in the last segment, they're arguably the best women's soccer team domestically. Mm-hmm. And where's that investment? Like, yeah. David Tepper. He owns the Carolina Panthers. I I understand you want to invest in your city. Well, guess what? You got a team this in Carolina, Carolina who's got five or more than five of the country's best players. Here, I'm, I'm gonna make it real plain for you because you're being really thoughtful about this. I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to not. So rich white dudes are dropping nine figures. To buy into mediocre MLS, soccer, to buy yeah. buy into MLS, and to basically have a mediocre soccer team, when the women's soccer league is basically nine Harlem Globetrotters, yep. who are just dominating, and they not can't even, get in not the even shine. Harlem Globetrotters. This is like the this is like the 1994 dream team. Well, yeah. and 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 the other thing is, is that <laughs> dudes are willing to sign up to get tickets to see these MLS teams, which have frankly. I'm not trying to slam MLS. It's my league. Yeah, yeah. But like but, these MLS players, but like dudes aren't going to see women's soccer. And like, I, I don't so know. That, well, and that's my issue. Yeah. That's my issue is that I, I don't mind if you want to go watch men's soccer, mm-hmm. but when you have a very solid women's product that's growing and developing yeah. and you don't invest in it, it's and you basically just, a better product. And basically you just turn your blind eye to it. No, that and pisses got, me off. We got people expanding into Nashville. 
and they haven't even sold, like, sold half their season so, tickets. So Nashville has sold 5,000 season tickets. Holy what? So 5,000 season tickets. And look out there really fast. This baseball stadium holds 7,500. Correct. Okay. That's whack. Um, can we talk about things that we heard today that stuck with us and that we liked? I, I have one. I basically heard a pledge from the platform mm-hmm. that the stadium will be open before Megan Rapino retires. I also heard that OL is absolutely supportive of the contribution American women have made to uh, just global soccer mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fantastic. The one thing that I learned is that this isn't just a, oh, we're bankrolling the operation. Because, yeah. you know, there's right. some teams and there's some investment Huge. groups. I mean, you look at uh, a good example is uh, the Con family with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. It's like, okay, you have – you're in, Shad Khan is probably one of the top 10 richest owners in the NFL, mm. yet he comes out with a mediocre product. Mm. And so the the focus to win is there, the drive, the ability, the the resources. It's not just like, okay, you know, we're going to keep this, you know, fine or whatever, but we're actually going to put things in place to help you guys grow because we see that you're growing. We want you to grow. We just aren't here to just throw money and sit in and turn a blind eye to what you do. We want to actually help invest in your stuff. And and to me, I took it from a fan perspective. I'm not, I'm not really a fan, soccer fan, but at the same time, I you have to view it from that. People are going to be excited and people are going to be happy about this. And people need to invest in this team because guess what? This doesn't feel like a minor league operation anymore, kids. This is big time. I'll admit I walked in more skeptical than I think other folks did. And I think some of my skepticism was grounded in watching what has happened with MLS. with mm-hmm. some. So in Major League Soccer and in men's soccer, uh, what has happened is, is we have done this twice before where a team from another league operated a team. Uh, one was Chivas de Guadalajara, <laughs> who is a team in Mexico, operated a soccer team in Los Angeles. That, that worked out great. It failed miserably. <laughs> um, and the one that actually was more... Uh, more realistic or illustrative to me NYCFC. was NYCFC. Yeah, okay. So Manchester City, uh, a, a team based uh, in Abu Dhabi, actually. Uh, so City Football Group operates a team in Sydney, Australia. Nope, sorry, Melbourne. A team in Brazil and also New York City FC. And I could go on a whole rant about how poorly NYCFC are operated. Uh, they are the franchise that has white supremacists, uh, who were president at Charlottesville yep. in their supporters group, and they play in Yankee Stadium with awful sight lines. Yep. It's that, a dump. Oh, and yeah, and and that's ten, that's like the horror story for tenancy too. By the way, correct. And so the idea that we're going to have uh, our team playing in a baseball stadium, and they have their so like like those connections were present in my mind. Walking out of here, I don't have those anxieties. I agree. Well, and it's and and to me, it was like okay, you know what? You guys want a home. We see that you guys have had this plan put together. We want to help with that. Like, you, you, and it, like, one thing I, because I had the skepticism of an ownership group like Stan Kroenke. Stan mm. Kroenke owns, has investments in the Nuggets, the Avalanche, the Chargers, Col- not the Chargers, but Col- the Rams. Colorado and, Rapids. Yeah, and the, the Rapids. And uh, there's a crappy soccer team in London. Yeah. Uh, uh, North London, not Tottenham. Uh, they were, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but see, but, but, 
but the thing that's the, the thing that's so interesting about it is if you talk to Arsenal supporters yeah. and they talk about what happened when Stan Kroenke bought into the majority ownership, they were upset because it was like he doesn't pay attention. He's not paying attention to what right. is going on. And so it's like, why are we struggling? Why are we, you know, having St. Arsenal Day at the end of the year instead of St. Tottenham's Day? Yeah. You don't get that vibe here. You get this vibe of we what we're doing over here in France, we want to do in America. Well, and and I'll I'll add also that Predmore got choked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's committed. He's been doing this for seven years. Right. He's still going to be here. Right, and so there's not a Bill Predmore with a Colorado Avalanche. Sorry, exactly. Rapids, whatever is MLS. Yeah, 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 like there's, yeah, yeah. There's not a Predmore figure. Right. Like in the end, this is still Predmore's baby, and he's gonna be here, and that's gonna do. And it. and I think this is what Predmore wanted, mm. or he wanted that graduation day. Yeah, but I don't think he anticipated on it being as soon as it was, yeah. and as impactful as it was because as he was talking, yeah. and he, as he and Teresa were both talking, like you could tell yeah. it was like. Oh my gosh, this is actually happening. And the fact that they aren't getting you know, they aren't getting pushed out. Yeah. The thing that um that that really reminded me of of probably the the best thing that was said all day, which was uh Bill and Teresa saying uh that they were too narrow in their vision for what this what this club could do and what this league could do, and Olympic Lyonnais helped them to uh, helped them to crystallize that vision and uh, allowed them to continue to be a part of this magnificent organization. One way to kind of like wrap this up and think kind of nutshell about this is, is that the best women's soccer team on the planet just bought our team, mm-hmm. which has the most famous soccer player on the planet on it for a song, and they're only going to make it grow. Yep. And nine other and eight other uh, World Cup uh, competitors as well are on this team. That actually, so one, one more thing, one more thing. Is, uh, the question was posed about players from the rain. During, mm-hmm. So what happens right now is, is many players in uh, the NWSL, when we go to the offseason, they go to Australia to play to make more money because salaries here aren't mm-hmm. high enough and they get more games. Need to fix that. So needs to be fixed, but also somebody asked in the uh, press conference about the idea of rain players going to play for Leon. Yeah, and that was something that was not said no about. And so I, I'm I, so here's the thing is what I like about that is is if if the gates open one way, the oh, gates absolutely. open the other way, yeah. and that means that like we could be getting some academy grads from there playing for us, and that's going to make the team better. Well, and, better. and see, this is my theory, and this is kind of my thinking. Yeah, that you could see. I I think it's going to be maybe we send young players over there, but they would send some players that are like you know what I've had my time in France. I want to go play in the NWSL because let's be real, NWSL is the best women's soccer league in the world. Yep. So maybe we do get a Wendy coming here. Oh, see, I see it the other way. I see it as they have a 19, 22 year old who can't crack the starting lineup. Right. But is okay. ready. I can see that. Here, I so, can see yeah. that. I can see that. But yeah, no, like you like that that synergy between the clubs, and I think it's really good. Like I. Once again, I'm encouraged. Like I'm not coming at this as a soccer fan. I'm coming at this more of as a journalist. But when you put those soccer fan glasses on, if you were invested into this team last year, guess what? Mm. It's it's starting to pay off. But guess what? If you want to invest in this team, and maybe you're a little tepid to do it because of the history of women's soccer in this country, 
I would say you can buy in now. Yeah. All right. Closing thoughts? No. Okay. I think we've covered just about everything. Uh, Rain FC are fantastic. Really glad that uh, the Flanders B team can continue to provide uh, coverage or actually start to provide comprehensive coverage of this team in uh, Tacoma. Yeah. We are absolutely shifting our focus from the team in Seattle down to uh, the teams that play in Genie here at the Flanders B team. So we are we are absolutely thrilled uh, to be able to be at this press conference today. Thank you for listening to the <laughs> yes. Nerd Former Podcast and the Flanders B team podcast. We will have this show out momentarily. Wakanda forever, y'all. And we are out of here. This is Channel 253.